Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of That's So Neat. I'm your host Neetu and today our neat topic is racism. I have my friend Tyson on today who's going to talk about his work that he's done at the city in the city of Calgary and throughout the city of Calgary with anti-racist movements and getting organizations to talk about and tackle this tricky topic. Um, but before I get started, I do want to say that this is an opinion-based podcast and all the opinions, thoughts, views are expressed of my own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which I have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome back. Today, I have my very, very close friend who I've known for like, I feel forever. But um, he is probably one of the most intelligent people I know. I'm not just saying that, like, I love our conversation. So I thought he had to come on the podcast to talk things all about like racism because we have a lot of conversations about um, racism and just topics of like how Calgary and Canada in general I feel like people think that doesn't have any quote-unquote racism but there's actually so much systematic racism here so I have my really good friend Mr. Tyson. Tyson welcome. Yay I'm so glad to be here awesome. Uh, thanks for inviting me along. And I am probably, I've listened to every episode. So uh, the fact that I'm longtime caller, first time listener, first time on, on the pod for me is great. So. I'm, yeah, honestly, like, I love it. I feel like it's Tyson literally messages me every single week, tells me he listens to it, tells me his feedback, and I love it. And it's also Tiffany too, but Tiffany, I don't know if she would want to, we should do an episode actually. Oh, we would have a, a great time. We I would think. have to edit a lot of it out just because of how yeah. unfiltered we all get when we're together. But uh, yeah. hey, Tiff, this is a shout out to you. You need to come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. to come on. But yeah. Um, so Tyson, I guess just to get started, since I know you're so well already, so I don't feel like I don't need to ask this, but give us our listeners a little bit of an intro of who you are, what you do, and how yeah. you're part of this whole um, racism movement that's going on in Calgary or anti-racist. I mean, there's, there's definitely a racist movement going on, but yeah. I would like to prefer it as anti-racist. Movement. Yes. I, just, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, racism movement. No, I meant anti-racism. Yeah. Movement. yeah. That's been moving on for a long time, but that actually really plays into like language, right? Like how do we actually talk about these things and providing people with um, the language to speak to the issues that we see. So a little bit about me um, is I, I kind of frame myself as a community developer and that, and with an anti-racism lens. So I help different groups facilitate conversation um, about anti-racism within within organizations. Uh, that, and that's a project I've been working on for um, five plus years now um, through an organization called CommunityWise, which is downtown. But also, what I mean, I like to have fun. I like to play and be kind of quite silly at times. And I think what really um, uh, drives me is great conversation. And so one of the things that I say is like my personal slogan, just like this like kind of captures a little bit of who I am is I promote justice, I edify others and I befriend the lonely are like kind of like three themes that I really hold dear to my life. And that's a little bit about me. And you and I have known each other since our play park days. Oh my that, goodness. That, that, 
that's like 10 years um a little and a little bit more i think so yeah we've it's known been, each other for a yeah. it doesn't yeah, seem we, and, like that long but it's no, it been ages i feel and tyson and i used to like the the thing i love about tyson is me and him and we, we're like again i'm going to keep referring to tiffany because it's usually the trio we were the trio of yeah, the play part sure. but uh, we have like the most authentic conversations and i think that's what i wanted all of you guys to hear just because Tyson has so much knowledge when it comes to this stuff and he's so well versed in it. Um, so Tyson, maybe talk about what are some things that you target when you go and coach organizations? Like what are some things that you do to kind of get this conversation going in the workplace in an effective manner? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I, I typically do is, and first of all, I also really want to want to like always take take a step back and focus on like relationships and that, and that piece of being feeling connected. Like one of the ways that I do that is I ask people like, what is your racial ethnic identity? Right. What is that? Right. And that's some, oftentimes that's never actually talked about in, in, in a work, in a workplace. Yeah. So like, for example, I typically say I'm a black man that lives in Canada. And of course there's like more to that, but like it, the context says I'm adopted. I, I feel like in Canada, to your point earlier, like there's a lot of like smiling racists, that are out there so it's like um and like that might i'm curious to you like what how would you respond to that question what is your racial ethnic identity my racial ethnic identity is i'm uh like a, i'm see i'm sick so i'm indo-canadian i'm first generation sick person yeah and, uh, yeah and i think i think oftentimes that's like a really interesting question to begin asking because you have people who go wait i've actually never like this person who's yeah. in accounting who i've never who i've never actually ask that question or no or I think oh they're oh they're just like the you know black person in their yeah. organization like well that, the, that being black and blackness is so it's an influence you know and like for there's so much more to that it could be 100 you could be from the African you could be from the continent of Africa you could be from the U.S. you could be from South America or Brazil or somewhere like that right so and that has so much context to who we are and so I always try and ask that and really kind of base it in relationships uh-huh. um, to ha- to learn how to kind of ground yourselves in this work um, or ground people in this work. Yeah. And then really what I start with off with, and, ho- and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, um, of pre-work that also needs to be done by groups of people to really start getting into it. Yeah. And by, and by, and by the work, I also mean by like white people. Yes. I think that's really important. So when I say like, like, people and like work and like where this energy needs to go i think it's ultimately reliant on white individuals who um are starting to kind of understand that they have a lot of power um and and that is also a really key point to really begin kind of discussing like what is power as it relates to race and your organization and how do you use that power how do you misuse the power how do you share power how do you transition power um or like you can talk about why is power even a thing? Like, what, what does that even mean? So there's like a lot of like conversation that I have with people around some themes around like white privilege as well. Also part of that is that we look at is looking at your biases. So we all have them. hundred um, percent. And we, and we work through some biasy exercises to help people kind of realize, Oh, like this, th- these are things that I'm so deeply, like I deeply hold. Yeah. And it's not that you've, someone said, Hey, here's, like your parents, well, some parents, but most parents haven't like spoon fed their child, their child, like biases and how to be, you know, microaggressions and all these things, but it's just like the culture around us. And yeah. I mean, you can even go as far to say, like, when we talk about like, you know, dark versus light, yes. right? Like, 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 what do we mean by that? And you, you, 
even talk about that. I think it was a couple of weeks ago with your cousin um, where it was like being darker is seen as bad. Yeah. Right. And like, even within, even within um, your culture, uh, what, what what does that look like? Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. But I mean, these are the kind of things to kind of help people start using examples to help people think about like, what does this actually mean for me? Like, why, Uh like, why do I, I I hold these, these beliefs? Yeah. Um, And so, you know, like in, for example, in, in Jamaica, and I'm sure I think I, I listen to these things all the time. So I don't, I'm not really sure exactly um, if it was you even saying this, but like um, skin bleaching, for example. Oh, hundred percent. It's in India. Right. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's so a it, multi-billion it's really, dollar company yeah. in India yeah. organization. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so like we have this like global um, uh, perspective yeah. that like white is somehow seen as better. Um, and in some ways too, it's interesting that you talk about language as well, where like English there, like that's a language, but also how that is so tied, closely tied to, um, to power as well. And and specifically like of being white or being Canadian, that passport you hold is really, really interesting. And I mean, that's like, you talk about borders, for example, like borders as a thing. It's like, who gets to come to Canada? With yeah. just because because yeah. of where they've lived and we're talking about specifically white predominant countries yes um so there's like so much to unpack and um but we begin to kind of help people like have provide a space really ultimately is an intentional space to have these conversations right um to help understand what exactly it is that we're trying to um unpack for people yeah and then the, and then the second to that is center the relationships that you have of BIPOC people. So black indigenous and people of color, and then be able to, and, and hear from them what their needs are, right? which will then help inform the actions that a particular organization needs to take. And I'm, I, I'm really thinking also often about this idea of like doing this work for the sake of work mm-hmm. is also kind of like problematic. It's like, yeah, should, sh- should you be doing this work just because you could serve like your labor versus oh. like, what about like, just being like a better decent human being and I, I it's so crazy because I feel like we as a society are now shifting to having these conversations um and you know because before it was like you don't talk about race you don't talk about religion you don't yeah. talk about politics but now it's like you know what no we do talk about these things because they're hard conversations to have but I feel like this could just be me but yeah. I feel like that sometimes what ends up happening, like like you were just saying, is if an organization puts on a training, for example, you go to a training, it's about, you know, this um, what anti-racism movement or how we can be more aware and being more socially acceptable and all that kind of stuff. And then you walk away from that and it's like no one... Why, why do we do that training? Because people don't actually do that work within, right? They yeah, do totally. it and then, and then the bosses come back or the organizations come back and they're just like, oh, we do this training of like sensitization, sensitization of like, you know, we are so informed and we're culturally aware and we accept everybody. Like I know an organization, they have a prayer room upstairs um, for the Muslim community, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, we provide this room and it is, but it's just like, it's like okay yes of course it's beautiful that we're providing these accommodations now but that's not where the work ends absolutely absolutely Uh, yeah I mean so this is the thing and this is why I um you know with training for example I try to say to people 
uh, well, what I've been doing actually this summertime is I've been doing trainings, doing trainings, and I'm seeing that like I've had people pay to come to these trainings, an organization pay like three or four times to come to the same training. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, there's something wrong here. And a lot of it is it's on the side of the desk yeah. or it's being, and, I, and I've been in an organization where it's like, oh, well, Tyson, we're doing this for you as like, as our one person <laughs> of color. Like, isn't that great? It's like, oh, we should actually be doing this for everybody because actually yeah. everyone um, is everyone benefits yeah. from it, from, from, from equity. Yeah. And so I think, but it, if it's always seen as like, well, we have the power to use and create uh-huh. the fair rooms and do all these things and look at us. Right. Right. Um, so what I've been doing this summer is providing a space for people each week to come together to actually, and I'm calling it a reciprocity um, uh, and accountability group. Right. Because what you're talking about is accountability. A hundred percent. So that, I mean, that can be really complicated but what it's definitely not is it's not centering the experiences of yourself, which is the, an example of that, um, of like creating these like things like, oh, what's next? What's next? How can we do better? We talk about, so I talk often about like, is there, are you a, are you an organization that's performative? Is it, are you an organization that is um, perpetuating? Right. Um, but really, what does it mean to be principled? Yeah. So, and people ask me also like, well, what, like, what do we do next? Like, I don't know. And I'm like, Okay, well, first of all, if we take the lens that racism is, it occurs everywhere in different yeah. forms, Yeah, it will show up. And it's not necessarily about creating, like being the most best, like the best practice per se. It's actually about being able to be strength, um, strengthen, mm-hmm. like training mm-hmm. in order to be able to respond appropriately to right. when it does come up. Right. I think that's something, and so it's, it's so I say it's an ongoing commitment. Yeah, it doesn't just end; it's yeah. actually ongoing. And so the idea of people going, okay, now we we've, we've done all these things, we are now anti-racist. Like, nope. What you what you are is you are um, performative, if that's yeah. the case. And so how do you? So I always come back to like, what? How are you principled? Right. And I mean, there's so many ways that like within an organization this shows up. So it can show yeah. up in like your marketing, your your leadership the way that you get funded, the way that you hire people, the yeah. way that you, the, the, the cultural norms and values and yeah. the unwritten rules yeah. that are part of an organization. Um, so it's like being able to, we, I use the metaphor of an onion and yeah. unpacking all of that. Yes. So like, how does this show up? Because as we begin to unpack the layers and the goal isn't to have a hundred percent, the goal is to train yourself to build on that muscle, to be able to respond when it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when, when you talk about Black Lives Matter, for example, that is, um, um, and people feeling like, oh, like, what do we do or whatever? It's like, great, you're you're looking to like enter the metaphorical like anti-racism gym yeah. and figure out how to like build the skill. But it mm-hmm. doesn't just you, you never arrive per se. Yes, yeah, right. And I feel like with the Black Lives Matter movement, and I hate to say this, like it started last year. It was gung ho when everything was happening with George Floyd. It was all over the, yeah, which, I totally. loved, which I think it did yeah. bring some of this stuff to the forefront. However, yeah. I do have, and I might piss people off by saying this, but this again, is just my opinion. I feel like mm-hmm. when that happened and now you look at it and how predominant is it? How much do you actually totally. see the black lives matter mm-hmm. movement still being talked about? Yes, I understand that George Floyd's case has now um, been yeah. tried and it's there's yeah. a sentence and we have that. However, yeah. that was one incident. Mm-hmm. How, this, whatever happened in that context mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. 
multiple times, not even just one, really? oh, yeah, multiple sure. times in an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we are just going to stop talking about it now because yeah. that one big incident that was like almost quote unquote a trend has, dis- yeah. has dissipated. It's not there anymore. Absolutely. And so like, even like, you know, you, uh, you know, the conversation that I think you really brought to, to like for me was what was going on in India. And like, like I was like, oh, oh like I want to learn. Like, not only do I need to learn more, but in order to understand, to flesh out all of the things around yeah. what anti-racism looks like and means, not just for black, the black community, yeah. but for people who are not white. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Right. And I think, and I mean, even that has, sh- you know, that, I mean, I, to, to be honest with you, I don't even know where, where the status of that is. Yeah. Uh, at the exactly. moment, or like, where the farmers like. are, they're still out there. They're, yeah, still, yeah. they're still sitting and, out there. It's been nine months and there's no resolution. Yeah. But now, again, we're moving on to the next thing because we're now, things are happening in Afghanistan, which I mean, yeah, of totally. course, we should be talking about this. But there's so many things that are always mm-hmm. happening simultaneously. But what do we do? Yeah. We just jump on yeah. one thing and then yeah. go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it too, it's like, well, what's happening to, and I mean, what to white communities? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's happening? Not, like, like in, in, in a sense, the privilege that it provides yeah. for us to look Look at it from like even media. It's like all the issues that are happening. What do we like? There isn't anything. There is clearly on individual levels. Right. That sort of like bigger piece of like, wow, this is our community. What does that look like? Yeah. Something that we need to kind of even consider. Right. Do you think, I guess like the final point I want you to touch on before we conclude is just like what, I know you talked about like having the values um, and like working on it and embedding it in your organization, how would an organization do that? Like, what could they do to make sure they're not only just having these conversations, but abiding by them as well and actually um, modeling them within that organization? Totally. So uh, let's just take, for example, um, uh, hiring okay. as, as, as one example. So and I mean, it's looking at your hiring practices. I mean, to me personally, HR is really just like a smokescreen to protect protect the the, the people who are already working 100%. there. One hundred percent. So like, so like, we need to like, so it's like, what? It's about paying people. Like, it's it's equitable pay. Yeah. It's about reflecting on like, do people get benefits? Because do we people and like. And when, and when I say those things, we think, oh, yeah, that's like straightforward and simple. But that doesn't just serve. But what we know is, is that um, BIPOC communities have less of that. Yeah. Right? But if we start to change the, the if we create systems yeah. that allow for everybody, like, it's not just like whether you're white, black, whatever, you come into that, into that organization and, you're, and you are reaping the benefits of equity mm-hmm. no matter what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'd be like looking at that, it'd be looking at how you, um, interview somebody, right. what kind of qualifications you begin to look at, like basing it on, cause it's not serving us. Mm-hmm. Like it's not serving anybody. We, we yeah. know that this isn't working. Yeah. And so, I mean, sorry, it's working for some people and not for, yeah. not for others. Yeah. Yeah. And if so, if the idea is that you want to be anti-racist, then that means we need to help serve the others as well. Right. Um, and so like do do we have biases when, when it comes to the interview process yeah. um how do we how do we um uh, let people go that's another conversation why do we let people go right um burnout especially nonprofit who's getting the the, the, the most burnt out uh would be really i think something to also like look at all the things for example that hr is supposed to look after 
yeah. um, and rethinking it with an equitable lens. And the, and there's so much, I mean, it's hard to like necessarily cover in the next like few more minutes. Yeah. But what I think is that's just one example of right. all of the ways that this can show up and being able to um, have conversations about it. Understand how, for example, yourself or me or others within an organization are responding to it. Yeah. And also, I think, um, and then also is to be able to say, who gets to like push this work forward? Right. Like who's responsible for this work forward? It's not my responsibility to, yeah. in my opinion, to create the anti-racism policy. Yeah. No. Um, and yeah, and I think, be. I, again, be. like, it, I think people come to us because we're colored yeah. and they're like, yeah. you do it because you're the one who's experiencing yeah. it. So you tell me exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, how is that yeah. going to help? Yeah. That's not and, then, and also it's like to, to add to that, it's like, well, why should I, because, and this is where the tokenism comes into, yeah. right? So tokenism is, you know, is, is there's two sides to a really shitty coin. So there's the one side to it where it's like, oh, we want you here because of your experience and your expertise. And then now you are now held responsible to a higher standard about what thing, about, about what to do next. Yeah. Or it's, we want you here and we don't want you to say anything because everything you say, we'll have to do something about. <laughs> so it's like, keep your so mouth like, shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your mouth shut <laughs> and let us just continue to like to do what we want to do. And so I think like that's also really an interesting um component to when we talk about like representation yeah and like that sense of like can you show up to the table and be different and and and, and add your and add value and again like just that um taking it and looking at it of like just because someone is Punjabi or someone is sick or if someone south whatever whatever community they're from mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they they have to withhold uh, everything with a Canadian standard because you know we say that we're um, yeah, absolutely we're a melting pot here yeah, melting right? pot, yeah. um yeah. but like even that is just like why do we have to melt into anything like why can't we just be whatever the hell we want you know what I mean totally. like yeah, it's one absolutely. of those things and I feel like yeah. um every like a lot of one comment I hear often um is yeah. well you can't your people came to our country so why can't you just be like us yeah yeah. How much more do you want me to be like you? Like literally, like we if you look at it, my parents aren't wearing suits and uh bugs yeah. and traditional corte to work. They're wearing your clothes because they're still trying because there's always going to be that sense of you have to assimilate to some component, but it's mm-hmm. like for people to be more aware of like the things that are coming out of your mouth a little bit, just of like how that may be perceived by the other person. I think it's just about that. And and that sense of like being feeling like and I mean assimilation is the is the tool that is used to get people to a standard yeah. to a white standard yeah. and therefore making um, this making it easier yeah um, but then still also creating barriers anyway yeah that is a valid point we will be or we will I will be and maybe I'll get Tyson on it too I'm going to be doing a podcast about toxic environments especially because we come from we could talk about like again this could be a six hour episode but I mean I think I'm going to make sure I get Tyson back on this uh, podcast just to talk about it because I could listen to Tyson talk literally all day every day whenever we end up hanging out where when there was one time we were at a restaurant actually and we they didn't realize the restaurant closed and they were like staring at us and we were about uh, say like 45 yeah. minutes past yeah. their closing because we were just Absolutely. chatting. Yeah, 
yeah, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and learning. And honestly, like this is such a great, I'm so glad to be able to, I feel like I'm checking in with you every week. Even yeah. though I'm not, and I love yeah. that though, yeah. um, because I just, I love listening to you. I forgot how kind of, how funny and like what a dis- disruptor you are. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, no, totally just everything about it. So I appreciate uh, us being able to, to chat a little bit. I'm interested to hear more about all the different topics and I'm learning so much too. Like that's like, I want to continue to, like, I've known you specifically, of course. And like, I, I know other Indian people. I'm not like, you know, they're all the same, whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. Really fun is like, yeah. I'm hearing also like these different perspectives and things that I think are really informative because I myself also hold, um, you know, these biases or stereotypes or things that like, and not, of course, like they're not malicious anyway, but yeah. what it, what it means is that I'm, I'm aware that like, I have a certain, like, we all are coming from the from the different different lens. So you're providing, I think, a really unique space, at least in my life, that allows for me to like be challenged and and think about and learn about different things as well. And these are the best kind of friendships, right? I feel like you push Aww. me as well. And um, anytime I catch up with you, it's always a pleasure. Tyson, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about this and the work that you do? Yeah. So um, uh, there's few ways because I'm kind of just a random self-employed he's all over the place like literally Uh, he's everything man of (laughs) multi-talents but um I guess you could reach me at Tyson so my first name T-Y-S-O-N dot banker to B-A-N-K-E-R-T which is my last name at gmail.com so Tyson dot banker at gmail.com um also if you're interested in like anti-racism or organizational change you can go to um community wise and AROC um A-R-O-C is to find more information about the curriculum and what and what we talk about and that idea of like what does it mean to be principled. Awesome. And I will leave the links in the description so that you guys can click on all that stuff and have it handy. Tyson, thank you again for being on thank the you. pod. I'm so excited. We need to um, actually plan a coffee date. So we'll do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to end it here. Thanks everyone for listening.